Okay. But oh, um, no. What we what our product is is obviously the river boats and nostalgia. We we, we have a, a very good staff. We have a very good product. But what we what what's fun about selling our boats is what we are is selling. It's a good time. I'm not selling insurance. I'm not selling brakes. Or, I mean, everybody, all these things that everybody needs. But uh, what we are doing is selling a good time. And if people want to come down and have a good time, we have something for them. And so from that point, it's very enjoyable. I mean, uh, we all love, everybody down here, we all love the business we're in. And, uh, and we have a sense of history with what, where our company has come from. Uh, everybody's aware of uh, what our boats have done in the past. And we have people who have been working for us. I mean, in fact, uh, the lady in the galley today, uh, she just told us today that she's going to be retiring uh, in December, but she's been here about 35 years. Mm. Captain Carroll here has been here for over 50 years. I've been here for over 25, and uh, one of the young men you just saw that there has been here for over 20. And we have a, you know, the, we enjoy this work, and, uh, and we knew the people who were here before us. Mm -hmm. I remember there used to be a watchman here by the name of Dang, who was uh, 80. Name who? Dang is the name. Dang? Dang, yeah. And that was his first name. And uh, he had been a, a, a bouncer on the old Bolt Capitol back in the 20s. But uh, to sit down, we, many and I would sit down and talk about the old times. It was just great. It was fun. We, I mean, we appreciate the history of the boat. But, the, but, but there's, there's a day-to-day -day business end of it. There won't be a tomorrow if you don't take care of today. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's what's for steamers. Uh, that uh, it was business first, and they did. They, that's why they built the best boats with the best bands, with the best food, and that's we still do the same today. In other words, our product uh, the, we can't change the river much, but we can always make sure that we have a very very safe product uh, with great food, great entertainment. And this is on the. This is on this boat right here. On this boat. Our boats, absolutely. We have we have the best Which bands. Which boat are we on? We're on the Becky Thatcher. Any of the, we have the Becky Thatcher so and Tom Sawyer. Yeah, the Becky Thatcher and Tom Sawyer, the two boats we operate now below the Gateway Arch. We're part of President Casinos, mm -hmm. but we are the non-gaming entity of the company. Mm -hmm. We're like a subsidiary. We're, we're what's left of the old Stratford Steamer, where we used to have boats all up and down the river, and now we're down to the last two here. So so when you, when you serve food, I mean... We have sit-down dinners. We can accommodate 220 people on this boat for dinner. Uh, we had, uh, I mean, this last weekend, we had uh, about four or 500 people in private parties on different boats. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah, these, these boats are very popular for private parties. Yeah, what greater way to see St. Louis and from the river. And, and so how long do you take them out for? Uh, it's a, well, the public cruises are board at 7, leave at 7.30, return at 9.30. It's a prime rib dinner, serve seat at your tables, Dixieland duo. And uh, it's just a nice, relaxing dinner cruise on the river. I might have to do that. And then the uh, private charters, you can, we have wedding receptions. We just had a bat mitzvah the other day. We had, uh, I've, I've even had uh, even buried I mean, people's ashes in the river. We've done everything on these boats. Uh, we just christened a brand new $7 million, no, $9 million towboat the other day. And the gentleman I just saw, you have Memco on there. Mm -hmm. They just built uh, Chris Parsonage, christened the Chris Oh, yeah, I, saw, I was on that boat. Right. Chuck Miller took me on that boat. Yeah, where was it? Down there? Uh huh. Yeah, well, it came up here and we had a christening party and we served about 300 people on these boats. Yeah. We had a party. How, Lula, how long have you been here? 
About 40 years. 40 years. Well, it's been... Uh, when I came, Mr. Down was... Just a little fella. Just a little fella. Now I'm fat. <laughs> oh, you ain't fat. Well, used to work on the Admiral, and uh, we have a lot of... We're just telling, telling about the old employees through the years. Uh, oh, yes. We've got some folks who have been here for a long time. We enjoy working down here. I really do. <laughs> She'd say that even if I wasn't here. Maybe you talk to me sometime. Would you talk to me and tell me what you've been, what you've done? My name is Sister Prince. This is Lula oh, Williams. My name is Lula Williams. How do you do? Oh, fine. Well, maybe, maybe a little later when Tom and I are through. Would you talk to me a little? Oh, sure will. I enjoy it. The people is so nice. That's the reason I'm still here, old as I am. <laughs> no, we did. We had a Mardi Gras parade, and the Mardi Gras parade in Soulard, and we had Lula on the float. She was queen of the Mississippi. We had her on a big throne. And we had our whole crew out in front of, we, we had a big huge flatbed truck, 40 foot long flatbed truck with a big, built it up way in the back of the big throne. Big sign on it said, Queen Lula, queen of the Mississippi. Remember that? Sure did. And everybody was, you know, as we go queen through the crowd, they'd say, Lula, Lula. we throw sure beads did. to them. Sure did. It we had was fun. so nice. When was this? This Mardi Gras, just oh, this, this last in Soulard. Yeah, she was our queen, <laughs> queen of the Mississippi. What a kick. We have a lot of fun down here. We really did. But we still have a lot of fun. Although I always did, and I, I come in, always did. If I'm supposed to be here at 11, I'm just soon to come in at 9 and set my stuff up, then go clock She in. sits out there on the dock and watch the river go by. Sure does. I enjoy it. Yeah, I can see. I can. I, I would do that, too. I, I really... Really, she works it. very hard, though. Too. We have a, we have a cruise. Uh, what is it, our first cruise at twelve thirty, and mm -hmm. so on. And so we'll have a few folks. This time we're getting into the uh, shoulder months now. So, uh, but uh, she can uh, handle the crowds when it comes to the crowds coming on the boat well, yes. and getting food to them. She gets it done real quick. I mean, quick too. She's fast. <laughs> she enjoys it. I can do it fast, and just me by myself. Then with two. Then with two. Because with two, they would be in my way. See, they don't understand it like I do. You know, I throw it together real quick and put this and put that and put that. I get that line through. That's and right. then the people come back and they praise me for it. Uh, <laughs> they do. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel good. Oh, no, yes. So man, everybody comes on the boat once, they all hit the concession stand at once, mm -hmm. and so she gets swamped. But she gets it done. That sure does. I enjoy it. I am old, but I'm, I may walk slow, but I'm a fast worker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, when you were talking about... Um, when you were talking about uh, going, taking boats that, I don't know, it was the 30s, I guess, you'd go down in all the little towns and you'd do the Well, the, well the capital would operate in the, in the wintertime in New Orleans. And then, keep in mind, there's no air conditioning and yeah. a, a ceiling. This is the 30s and 40s? 20s and 30s, 20s yeah. And, 30s. and um, it would get so unbearable that it's hot and everything else, the boat would then go north and uh, there, every city between New Orleans and uh, uh, St. Paul, they would stop, and depending upon the city, like let's take the city down below St. Louis here, Chester, Illinois. The boat would come in here at Chester, Illinois, maybe be there for one night. The town holds 2,000 people. Well, the boat can handle that all in one night. When you go into Memphis, you might be there for three or four days on your working your way up the river. And you offered them what? Uh, excursion. You had to be a band on board and mm -hmm. concessions and so on, just like just like the Admiral did here in St. Louis, but they call that tramping. Mm -hmm. 
you go from one city to the next. And you go all the way up to St. Paul and you spend eight weeks there. And then when you start going back, you send your advanced men down wherever you go to Red Wing, you go to Winona, you go to Gutenberg, you go to Davenport, you go to Keokuk, you hit every town all the way down the river and uh, uh, until you get down to New Orleans and depending upon, again, the size of the town. Say, in fact, if you go into those towns like uh, Cape Girardeau and you go to the Historical Society, you'll see posters, you know, three days, next three days, or, you know, one, it, what happened was really great about they created a sense of urgency. When you have the boats here all the time, like the Admiral was, he said, oh, I'll go down there sometime. Mm -hmm. But somebody said, this is the only three days you're here. Steamboats are coming. Yeah, it's like it's like a traveling circus. If it, that circus comes so into town. So why did town. it stop? Why did, well, actually, in, this, in the cases like St. Louis or St. Paul, the, the population of those cities became large enough to justify a boat being there all the time. So up in St. Paul, you have uh, Captain Bill Bowl with his boats. He had not, none of the boats were the size of the, our boats, but their boats equivalent to their tea vessels. Like so this vessel here, uh, they can handle maybe 400 people or something. Well, what can this one handle? It's licensed for 375. So both boats are each are licensed for 375. We stop at uh, for dinner 220 on this boat, and 175 on the Tom Sawyer. And for excursions, 250, 300. So, you know, it's more of a comfort thing than anything else. But uh, where the you know the president handled 2,000 easily, mm -hmm. Admiral 4,000. Have you ever had any any what? Um, well, I think St. Louis. People are, are very um, easygoing. I suppose I'm just talking about how, how people handle themselves. Um, well, if you have 4,000 people on a boat and they're drinking, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, you're going to have uh, a fourth of a percent or a half a percent. You're talking about the admiral. Right. Okay. There are, that are not going to be able to behave as you would in any environment. Mm -hmm. And then you have to contend with those mm -hmm. people. That's just the nature of dealing with human beings. But in a smaller group like this, is it rather congenial? You have oh, all sorts of different kinds of people. Right. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's, there'd be no occasion for anything other than that. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I mean, mm -hmm. um, well, I don't know what you mean. Nothing. I'm just... No, I mean, just, there's people come, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're on a dinner dance cruise, I mean, it's not an inexpensive cruise. It's like $65 a couple. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, uh, and on a sightseeing trip, it's like eight fifty for adults and four dollars for kids. I mean, there's uh, there's no occasion. I mean, there's uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's no occasion for anything other than that. On the Admiral or the, or the President or some of these other, where you have big, big, large crowds. I mean, you're having a large number. You're dealing with human beings or the general public. Like mm -hmm. any large gathering, there's going to be some of those people who are going to be less desirable than others. Has there been a best time for you? And would, well, actually, the company's gone. You know, the, the, the industry's gone through so many transitions in the last 25 years. It's, it's like you don't have to leave to go to another company. The company just changes around mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. um, back uh, in the mid 80s, the excursion boat, like in the 60s, I mean, other than the Admiral and so on, the excursion boats just were very few, if any, in any city. Uh, in the 80s, uh, there was a revival of dinner cruises. That was not so much the dancing and 
partying cruises, but more of a dinner cruises, and those a big revival and shipbuilding for that. But those have all disappeared because now those boats, if they're any, if any substantial size, are now casinos. So uh, that, so those boats, uh, so that industry has changed a lot. But you go to cities like Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, they uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati excursion boats are a major part of their entertainment. Casinos are are big. It's amazing. There's no casinos there. No, I'm talking about. I mean, this is. Well, you can go across the river on the Casino Queen. Go for a one-hour boat ride free of charge. And uh, go to the Alton boat free of charge. Go for an hour cruise and uh, the buffet. They have excellent buffets, just like the Admiral does. They have excellent food. I've but never been to any of them, but I have friends that I know spend a great deal of time there. Well, it, yeah, I just mentioned to you. Anyway, that's yeah. an example. You can go on this boat for a dinner and dance cruise for like thirty-two dollars without a drink. And see, by the time you have drinks, say it's forty dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, you can go on the Admiral for forty dollars and have a lot of fun. Playing the slot machines, you win, you lose, keeps coming. But forty four dollars, I mean, it depends on unless you blow it all at once. But I mean, you can mm -hmm. have a lot of fun for forty dollars. Mm -hmm. And if you, and uh, I, I have, I have, I can see the pluses and minuses of gaming, but uh, but it, it's their money. Mm -hmm. If this is what they want to do with it, neither me or anybody else should say what I can do with my money. And if I want to spend it in that fashion and have fun doing that. Or I could sit there and buy a PSL for hundreds and hundreds of dollars and sit at a football game 12 times a year and spend thousands of dollars for a PSL. I mean, some, nobody's arguing. Well, you know, by all these, there's 40, I don't know how many people went, but to 40 or 60,000 people had PSLs. Nobody's ever saying why, uh, you know, by those people buying those PSLs are not spending money elsewhere in our restaurants or anything else. That's, they shouldn't have football in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Why don't they say that? I do. Do you? <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. But that's but that's their money to do that. I think that. it's ridiculous because I think they no, should but, spend know, all that on, on schools. No, but no, 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 you're missing. That's an individual's decision. Yeah. The individual, if an individual mm -hmm. wants to spend that on schools, yeah. they'll they'll pass laws and legislature say tax me more. But that's the individual's thing. That's what sure. the individual decides, no, and that individual can take that same revenue and put it in and go to sit in front of a, a card table or mm -hmm. a slot machine if he wants to. I mean, uh, that. I think that this city doesn't doesn't do doesn't do right. I don't think that they spend their money properly, and I think that they're they're seeing it, they're paying for it. This was a this was a great city at one time, or could have been, and it just. No, the city peaked in 1904, and it hasn't been a great city since. Absolutely, I and, agree with um, you. And all these other cities have passed it by. And you talk about downtown, the rear front, they'll just study it and study it and study it. Too conservative. It's just it's too conservative. The banks are too conservative. The people are too conservative. It's a great place to live. Mm -hmm. It's a good, stable area to live in, and uh, the people are really nice. But it's, uh, it, and this is not a, it's not a good place for an entrepreneur. No, it's, it's not a good place for some people to live. It's not a good place for people who have to live in the city to live. Well, that's true of every city. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not unique to St. Louis, though. Right. I guess. And, in fact, I think I'd be willing to argue that. I think there's, I know a lot of other cities that uh, what we say the people who live in an impoverished area in St. Louis, if they were in other cities in the so-called impoverished area, they'd be greatly more impoverished than they are in St. Louis. I, I, you know, I'm not saying that that's, that's good, but I'm saying it's... Uh, mm. It's like they even built, built 
built here and then they just sort of stopped at the arch. You know, I, I mean, I feel that, that, I don't know. What do you mean we stopped where? I mean, like City Fathers, it's been said by others, you know, that they built this big arch and then they, they just stopped. It's, it's, I mean, I, I don't think they included the riverfront. I still don't. No, that's not the City Fathers. That's the that's federal government. That's not City Fathers. That's the federal government. National Park runs the arch. National Park did, you know, had the arch design mm -hmm. built. And you have to realize in the 1930s, uh, there was nothing down here but just warehouses and derelict buildings or anything else that they tore down. I mean, now you look back and I say we could build a Laclede's Landing type thing. Well, Laclede's, you know, I'm not sure if that's the case. Was there a railroad? Down so the street. It, was, it didn't run right out here? Well, there's two railroads. Mm -hmm. There was one that's still there and goes underground under the arch. Mm -hmm. There's the elevated tracks and there was one on Wharf Street which just about killed everybody. Mm -hmm. which was a real hindrance to the riverfront because people trying to get on the Admiral, a railroad train which would be maybe a mile or so long would be rolling down the riverfront and the boat's ready to leave and people are crawling between wheels of the railroad cars. And uh, that was one reason why the guy from the Golden Rod left it, uh, threatened to leave and of course he passed away, Frank Pearson, is that the trains come down right in the middle of his show and people are blowing whistles and then people can get on his boat. Mm -hmm. So the railroad going down War Street was a real dangerous thing. And the city of St. Louis did the right thing. They uh, said, you get rid of that railroad track and we'll pay, I forget they had to pay another million dollars to do something to change the tracks. And then the trains now go across McKinley, uh, MacArthur Bridge instead of, uh, they traded bridges. Terminal Railroad owned the Eats Bridge, city owned MacArthur Bridge and charged a fee for trains to go across. So they swapped bridges. The city got Eads Bridge and the railroads got MacArthur Bridge and they took the trains off the levee. Mm -hmm. But uh, made the riverfront considerably more safe than having a train go down there four or five times a day. I would say so. But uh, that was a positive. Yeah, right. But there is still a train to go, that train is now rerouted to go into the arch. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that train's still there. If if I ask you um, what you would want people to know about down here, you've pretty much said it. Well, I, I, I can't emphasize enough that, depending on the what you know what your uh, particular product is, but uh, this is a this is a golden opportunity for somebody to be right below national mind, get a lot of exposure, and there will be somebody. There'll be other there'll be other restaurants and other uh, entertainment facilities on the riverfront. Well, what else could there be besides a restaurant or a, a gambling thing? What else could there be? Well, it won't be any more gambling. Uh, but uh, there could be uh, theaters. There could be entertainment centers like a Hard Rock Cafe or a Planet mm -hmm. Hollywood. Mm -hmm. There could be, uh, you know, the probably have more. You could actually have, uh, uh, you know, they've had arcades and other things down here. Mm -hmm. Just whatever, theaters, mm -hmm. museums. Mm -hmm. They've had other things down here on the river. Again, they have to be. They have to come in there knowing that the, the what their expenses are going to be. But this, and it, we only have this like this one strip. Is that correct? Well, well, you wouldn't want to go where there's no people. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's not that much space here, really. Well, there's plenty of space. Is there plenty? There's plenty of space. And the admiral moves north. I mean, there's only. Uh, 
there's only uh, when Matt moves north, there's only three three locations on the river that have. I thought you said it could only go south. Because no, when it cruised, it only went south. Oh, the animals oh. could be moved north. The, the low Ashley power plant. Oh. Uh, so no, but they have to wait till the river. The wintertime gets so it, low they can get under. So they can get under the bridge. But yeah. No, it never. Uh, the only time it's been above each bridge is when it was built back in the 30s, and then they brought low water brought below the bridge. It hasn't mm -hmm. been above there since. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I you know again that I'm in the boat business. I've been so you know. Uh, my main objective is to see that these boats uh, provide a good pro uh, product and they're, and they're profitable. Uh, I really haven't thought about other people's investments here, but that's where I've seen. You, you look like somebody who'd have some pretty good ideas if somebody wanted to do something. I haven't even much thought about it. I, I, I'm just trying to create ideas to get more people to go for boat rides. Thanks so much. Okay. It's been so nice. I appreciate it's it. It's all right. then. Tell, tell me what you're saying. Well, just, just briefly, I was saying is that we operated a boat. The first boat, John Streckvist had a boat built in 1901 called mm -hmm. the JS. And he called it JS because it's easy for people to remember a name like JS and there would be some other names. And uh, they used to operate from New Orleans all the way up to the Tramp the Rivers all the way up to St. Paul. Mm -hmm. Captain John Streckvist uh, in the wintertime would, uh, excuse me, after the winter in the springtime would go down and go to all the various nightclubs and um, entertainment spots in New Orleans and pick out the best musician. And summertime's coming and you say, listen, how would you like to have a job where I, all your meals are paid, well, free meals, room and board, you get paid X amount of dollars, and you get, and you have work for the next four months, guaranteed. And uh, and you pick out the best musician, He and he created the best bands, and then most of these were black musicians. And they'd take that, those bands and work their way up the Mississippi, all the way up to St. Paul, up the Ohio River as well. But these people in these little towns like Chester and Hannibal and Red Bud and Winona never heard music like this before. And then they heard that music. In fact, I remember there was a, there was a guy named uh, Poppy, uh, Johnny Dodds, I think it was a uh, drummer. Uh, on the boats, and he, when he wrote in his biography, he said, you know, when we come into these towns, they never heard music like this. You know, all the white folks would just sit there and look at us. They'd never get up and dance. And we'd go all the way up to St. Paul, and on the way back, when we came to those towns again, they were familiar with the music. Then they all got up and danced and had a good time. Mm. Second they, go around. Yeah, well, they just never heard that kind of music. And they all called it J.S. music, and that's the origins of jazz. The origins of jazz? The term jazz for that type of music. Oh. And that's what Louis Armstrong and all these other ones said. Well, that's where the name jazz came from because it came off the steamer JS. And what year, what, what did you talk about? 1901, 1901. John Streckvist built a 1901 boat. 1901, and, and that's the, oh, that's really. Ragtime was, rag was only in the teens, huh. 20s. Jazz is not that old. You mean jazz went back further than that? Yeah. No. No? I mean, it was music like that down in New Orleans and so on, but it's never identified as jazz. No. Really? And um, you're a music person. No, but well, no, we, music is a major element of our entertainment. Yeah. Music is a major part of everybody's entertainment. Keep in mind that people had no radios back then. If you wanted to hear music, and we were we were spoiled, we walk on an elevator, we hear music. You have music in your car. Mm -hmm. You have music on our dock when you leave here. Music is everywhere. Major music is a major part of human experience, but. But years ago, there was no music. 
Before radios, if you wanted to hear music, you had to go and sit in front of a live band somewhere. And so, um, which is a real treat. If you worked on a farm all day, you worked in the inner city or worked on anywhere in the city, you don't have music emanating everywhere like you do now. Uh, no jukeboxes, nothing. You, if you wanted to go a band, you'd have to, you'd have to, and you'd have to pay for it. And you need money. I mean, it, it, uh, today it's expensive if you want to hear a real band. Of course, now you have radios and DJs and all that sort of. So, uh, so anyway, so music was a major element of, of what our entertainment package. Can't change the river. Can't change the boat too much, but you can change the food and the music. <laughs> you, and you do it. And that sets the tone. You yeah. can have you can have a Mexican band and Mexican music. Yeah. You can have you can have um, New Orleans style food, and you can have the Cajun music, or you can have Zydeco um, music. I mean, that sets that's the tone. I mean, that that makes it one trip different from another. And so we we try we experiment with different things through the years. Thanks.